0: All right, welcome to episode two in 2024 of Behind the Sermon. And so this is something that I wanted to do this year to kind of, uh, for a couple of reasons, number one, to share a little bit more of just how uh, on the back end, how I am processing the sermons myself, and maybe even just share some little details, uh, some extra things that maybe I couldn't share that Sunday, uh, you know, for one reason or another, we just didn't have time. Um, or just some cool testimonies, which was there was one really cool story that happened at the end of the message that uh, well, at the beginning and at the end that I want to share with you. So um, this last week, this is a behind the sermons on the sermon. Uh, stand on business. All right, will stand on holy business. Um, I saw that uh, slang word. I just learned about it. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm a little slow. I guess it's been out for a little bit. Um, but to, if you didn't know what that means, to stand on business has a variety of different expressions. It, it means to kind of back up what you're talking about, like, you know, mean what you're saying. I saw a meme of a, of a dog, he was barking behind the door and uh, he was, somebody was on the other side and he was just barking, 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 barking. And then the hashtag or the line said, this dog stood on business. And then when the door opened, there was a package there and the dog attacked the package and just, you know, stuff like that. So that, that's a good image of someone. What does it mean to stand on business? It means to back it up, right? Not, maybe some other expressions you may be familiar with that I was, to uh, walk the walk, right? Not just walk the walk, but talk, uh, not just talk the talk better, but walk the walk, like back it up. If you're going to say something, do it. And as Christians... Even more, right? Hey, if we're going to follow Christ, then you need to stand on business, right? You got to mean it. It's not just something you just manifest. It's not just something you just hope you're going to do. And it's just, uh, you know, there's some intentionality in there. We walk by God's grace, right? By grace through faith and our faith in Him, His grace in us. And so, and then stand on business also kind of really stood and uh, kind of like another way of, of talking about it is to um own your own responsibilities kind of like mind your business right not in a negative way but in a positive way right you're not just telling somebody get out of my business mind your business but it's to on the on the other side like saying i want to mind my business i want to put my mind and my focus in my responsibilities what i need to do i can't focus on you know certain things because i want to stay true and so for the christian we stand on holy business When we focus on our responsibilities and what is our responsibilities at the basic level, basic level is, all right, it uh, is to stand on his word and let our prayers be impacted by his word. Let um, his word produce faithful works in us. Right. Again, that's part of what a Christian who stands on business. They don't just read it. They live it. All right. That living hope that we have in Christ. And so that was a little bit of where I got that. idea of a modern way of kind of communicating what Peter was trying to talk about. Um, But let me see, where was it? I had it here, there it is. Uh, Yep, to stand on business. And so I I put here, uh, there was one thing that I was gonna share, this is the editing floor section, which if you didn't see the first episode, uh, there's some things that just, I can't work in, so I dump them off to the side. So this is kinda like some bonus stuff. Um, I I initially put this um, acronym uh, or alliteration of content Character and conduct. And so this is speaking of holiness, right? If you want to grow in holiness, uh, I know I've done that and people that I've spoken to and had to Pastor, right? The focus always is on the conduct, right? Well, to grow in holiness is conduct, all right? So I have a problem with this. I have a problem with that. How can I do better? How can I try better? But conduct is nothing but a product of character, Christ-like character. And where does Christ-like character come from? The content, what content are we consuming? What content are we consuming? And so that's important. So the content we consume, produce, produces character traits in us which impacts our conduct. And so we have to start all the way uh, at the core root of it. And so that's a little bit of the heart behind uh, what I believe Peter was talking about the whole time, right? He talked about a girded mind, a sober mind, an optimistic mind, an obedient mind, a reverent mind, a sincere mind, a well-fed mind. I know I I also said the same thing, but it's 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 literally a mind that is meditating on God's word. It is a mind in which you're getting God's word in it, but also as you are getting in God's word. Right. It's not just it's not enough just for us to get into his word. His word has to get into us for it to work its way out. And so that's a part of what I, you know, just kind of looking and, you know, when he talked about that girded mind, like yo, tighten up these loose thoughts. Don't, don't think like that, that's not the kind of way, that's not the way, tuck it into the belt of truth, which I loved. That was one of my personal walkaways, the analogy of the belt of truth. Um, I had, a, I had a, a, a moment, right, in that uh, there was a couple people in the congregation when I said, you know, a girded mind, and if you missed it, you know, the, these people, they, they have long robes, right? And so in order to run or do something more agile so they wouldn't trip on themselves, they would have to hike up, their, uh, hike up the loose ends of their robes and tuck it into their belt. Kind of making it look like semi-sumo wrestler, I guess. Uh, but I mean, same way, maybe some of us will blow up our sleeves or, or vice versa, right? We just want to kind of um, alleviate the things that would cause us to trip. And, uh, you know, when they tucked it in the belt and what is, what is Peter saying without saying it? He is telling them to gird up these loose thoughts and he the people knew what that means tuck it into a belt and then I couldn't help but think Paul and and that's that moment it says where you know where do you tuck in the loose ends of your rope in your belt and then it says where do we tuck in loose thoughts and lies that are contrary to God's word we tuck it into what kind of a belt and I saw a few people kind of like their eyes like a light bulb went off and it's like Something like, I know, right? The belt of truth, it's God's word. We have to tuck it all, surrender it, submit it, let it tie it together. And so I, I love that part. That was a cool little moment um, that I had on Sunday with one of the coolest images uh, that I, I saw from that. And so that was, that was really cool. Um, another thing that I put was, believing God's word is how God works. And that's at the fundamental, that's at the basic level. Your belief in God's word is how God works in us and through us, and you know, like, I I 100% believe um, evangelism, an evangelistic person is a, is one that is is a well-discipled person. You know, evangelism ought to be the natural byproduct of discipleship. Like, you just can't know, you can't make known a Christ you don't know. And and if you do, let's say, I mean, hey, this is the beautiful thing about God and His grace. There's some people out there that can be very evangelistic because you don't want to hear it in the negative way, like I just said, is like, hey, you can't talk about what you don't know, so you need to spend a lot of time knowing and then get to a place where you can, oh no, I'm not saying that. I'm talking about the importance of how can you make a God known, how can you make God known a God that you don't know, All right. How can you make, yeah, how can you make a God known that you don't know yourself? But the point is that you're supposed to make known whatever you know at the moment. So if if you have believed in Christ and you know very little, That's what you make known. Like you focus on what you know. But as a Christian, we're supposed to continue to grow in what we know. And so, you know, those who get saved and and they become very evangelistic at the beginning, you know, are excited. Right. But that's at that moment, they need to create the healthy habits of continuing to grow in the knowledge of God so that they can continue to grow in that effectiveness as well. And so both go hand in hand. All right. Both go hand in hand. We're supposed to make known what we know. And continue to grow in what we know. That's what that's what Peter was telling these people right here. Because obviously at this point, and it you know, you can have passion all day long, but if your passion is not anchored, <clears throat> if your passion is not anchored in his word, you know, then at some point passion is gonna Passion has a time limit on it to a certain extent. Passion can go up and down. And so you don't want to rely on passion to compensate for your ignorance. Um, No, you feed the passion with your understanding of God's word. And so now it becomes a little more directed. It becomes a little more focused. So that's an important thing. Um, Another part, uh, let me see, that I had. No, I used that one. All right, so it was the... Uh, that I wasn't sure about talking about Peter's casting of his, um, cast. Oh no, I, I did put that. So that was an important thing. Okay. Um, yeah, so that was, that was some stuff. But what's interesting for me is that this week, talking about having to deal with the mind and, and anchoring your thoughts, tightening them up. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks, uh, I, I feel like this is week three of 2024 and I feel like I'm, I've been like stumbling out the block. You know, I, I have, don't have to do, go to school anymore. I'm having to do this, I'm having to do that. And I, I don't know how to direct my time or my focus because there's just I feel like there's so much to do. And, and I have more time than normal, but I feel like what I have to do is more than the time given. So I think we all feel that. You know, uh, that's a very universal thing. And so I've, um, and then, you know, we've our families had to deal with a lot of, uh, let's say health issues over the last couple of uh, these two weeks as well which has caused me to have to do a little bit more, which I'm grateful and, and more than willing to do. But it's in those moments in which I've had to stop, in which I started to feel a little overwhelmed. Like, you know, um, and there's a lot of things. Like I, I'll be honest with you on, on an imposter syndrome I'm dealing with. Um, imposter syndrome, in my case, is just, all right, well, here it is, you know, I've graduated. Um, there's a lot of, ex- is there expectations that I, there's expectations I put on myself, You know, are there unspoken expectations that people might have, uh, towards me, for me, for our church? And, and, and I I can't think like that, but that's a, that's a thought, right? It's like, yo, you know, I don't, that's called people pleasing, but Hey, we're all part of the flesh is, is kind of all over the place. And so having to wrestle with that thought, having to wrestle with, uh, living up to a title or, you know, did I just spend five years to be in the same place and to get the same results and, and not, um. Uh, have done anything different? Would it? What did that? Was it worth it? I mean, these are all thoughts that I've um, had to struggle with. And uh, just kind of, and again, feeling a little bit, uh, I, I call it, um, I feel like I'm behind. Does that makes sense? And, uh, and that's just, again, that's just my mind kind of just running loose. And so I've had to, which reading this was very encouraging because it was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I need to do. So I was practicing it while trying to um, prep it, right, the message, but I was really excited to, I was really excited to preach this so, to, to the point that, you know, the Dolphins, my Miami Dolphins were playing on Saturday night, and it was a playoff game, and I was more excited to preach the message on Sunday than I was to watch the Dolphins win or lose, they didn't, uh, win or lose on um, on Saturday, I really was, until the game was over, um, because uh, I had actually um, I had actually shared with uh, someone a kind of like the sermon in a sentence kind of a thing. It just kind of gave a five minute you know thing, which I was excited to share. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. And um, I guess it was it wasn't um, it, it created more questions than answers, and 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 I almost kind of. Then began to second guess everything. I mean, I was it was good, and I was started second guess myself. I was like, "Oh my gosh, do I have to go back now and redo this?" Because you know what I don't want to do is is to confuse someone else. I, I my goal every time I preach is I want people to walk away with a higher view of of Christ and His Word. Like the words that as the, the preached word, all right, should lead to a greater worship of the Lord. Um, Preaching God's Word should later lead to greater worship of Him, and so, you know, I want people to be able to um, now walk away and say, like, wow, that was a great message, you know, it's like, wow, what a great God, like, that's always my goal, Um, and anyone that tells me, hey, man, that was great, that was great, you know, hey, praise God, because hopefully it's on the back end that they're, you know, again, having greater appreciation of who He is, knowing Him, and then have a greater appreciation of His Word, too, so I thought that was cool. Um, but I was discouraged that day. I had a thought that started running rampant because I was thinking, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I got to say it differently because I, I don't want to cause it, give people greater anxiety. I don't want to frustrate people. I want people to, to have less anxiety to a certain extent in trusting in God. And what does it mean to live a holy life? What does it mean to, um, what is a holy life and all those stuff. And so I almost went back to the drawing board, but then I remembered the message. I had to tighten up my thoughts and I tucked it back in and I started to remember, it is not my words. It is not my responsibility to open up people's eyes or mind. Um, <clears throat> it is not my responsibility. It is not on me to make sure souls are saved, Christians are sanctified or awakened. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. My responsibility is to preach God's words as faithfully as, as I can with the limited understanding that I can with as much of a humbled heart as possible and trusting in him and so I had to kind of tuck that in and you know and then I I didn't change anything I preached it as is and it was cool because on the back end uh, I had some testimonies and hearing certain people on how it was it wasn't in the end when they heard the full thing. It was encouraging, and and, and so. But I, I could have let that loose thought really have made me change everything. But then I would have it would have been on. I would have felt it's me doing it instead of and that the complete opposite of holiness and holy effect. Right? It's it's God in us. It's God through us. And so there was a cool analogy too that we were, I was discussing on the back end of um, in the sermon. where in the lobby, and we were just talking about the strength, I was talking to some people about the strength that we get to change, right? I've been there, right? There's things that I'm, I'm doing and I don't want to do, right? Um, and I want to do better, or maybe, maybe it could be a sin, right? And I've, I've been there, right? And so it's like this habitual sin that you want to break, you're ashamed of, or whatever, you just, you just do. Um, it could be another thing where it's just something you just find yourself doing, you know, you find yourself Hurting someone without meaning it, and then it's like, what the heck? Like, why, why am I doing that? God help me to. Why can't I realize what I'm doing before it happens? Or it could just be other habits, you know. Like I just told you, it's like I'm kind of struggling with feeling lazy, you know, because I've I'm used to having deadlines and expectations and this and that, and and I don't have that anymore. And so, and no one's imposing that on me. I have to impose that on myself. So that I'm battling with I'm not doing enough right now, you know, and that's all lies. Um, but we were just talking about where do you get the strength to change, and then uh, we we discussed a, a marriage relationship. I'm Like saying, "Well, think about it. You know, I, I'm sure uh, there's certain things that I don't do. I don't do. There's certain things I know and I don't do because of my wife. Like I and I love her. And, and we got, talked about that. I was like, you know, maybe there's habits that I, I, I used to have. Like I was like I, I would play, you know, I'd play video games for three, four hours or, or I would do, I, I don't know. Like I would just, you know, whatever, just being selfish. Cause I, I prior to being married, you know, you're just, you're just, all about you. And so, you know, poor habits that aren't, aren't this or that, or just things that just say everybody kind of annoys someone, right. In one way or another, or there's things that, you know, that, Hey, that she really likes when I do this and serve her in that way. Um, and maybe it might be like contrary to what I'm used to or what I grew up or what my natural tendency would be and but where have i gotten where do i find the grace to change and to be different even opposite of myself and then it was it was love right and and where does the love for that person come from to cause us to make better decisions or different decisions that love comes from knowing that person and ultimately knowing that person and growing in that person's love for you Right. And, and the more a husband, in this case, a husband, the more one spouse, let's say that, grows in the knowledge of the person that they love and and grows into understanding of that person's love for them. It amplifies their love for that spouse, which gives them the strength and the ability to do and not do their certain things. And then and I'm like, well, isn't isn't that exactly that's holiness? And then we just start, start making the connection to the sermon. This is all in the lobby after. And um and and yeah, I thought that was a cool illustration of the same thing. Like, how do we learn to live holy, by growing and having a holier view of God and His love for us, knowing that growing and having a holier, not a perfect, we can never get there, but growing, and the more we grow in the understanding and having a holier view of God, holier view of His love for us, holier view of the cross, a holier view of His Word. We've come to know his love for us, which then produces a love for him and grace to live for him. Again, the connection, the living hope that we have in Christ helps us to learn to live holy. And I use the word learn because when we make mistakes and we learn from the mistakes and we see, you know, we might get this right. And then we realize it's another area in our life that we have to do. So I thought that was a really cool conversation that we had. But um, so yeah, that was that was, that was cool, um, and I'm I'm just gonna keep applying it too, you know. So I'm excited because this last week I preached on how Peter, quoting a verse in Leviticus about be holy as I am holy, and we just briefly referenced it as you know the heart of what it was, right? But to be holy as I am holy is about um, it, one element of it is to believe, right? Believe in God. Believe in Christ. Put your faith in His, in the gospel and his faithful word, and, and he makes us holy. That's a little bit of that. But this week, I'm going to actually preach on that text. So we're going to look at Leviticus chapter 11. It's one of the weirdest. I mean, I mean honestly, at, at surface level, it's one of those, you know, Leviticus is a weird book, all right? And so it's not everybody's favorite when they start to read the Bible straight through. Leviticus tends to be dry for some people because it's about a lot of rules and regulations and it doesn't make sense but I'm going to give you something this week my focus to to focus on that phrase be holy as I'm holy in Leviticus and then what did Moses mean when he said that and what how does that matter for us today and and really kind of giving you a synopsis like what's the whole book of Leviticus about so that's going to be an interesting one Uh, I'm excited to be able to do that um, and well, I'm coming to you from a different place today. This is my uh, office away from home. I used to, I'm at church right now, I'm at our church offices. And I used to have a, um, an office over in the hallway where the other offices are. That's where our admin is, my, my dad, our senior pastor has an office there, the secretary has an office there. But it, it was kind of, it was really small and I kind of felt a little claustrophobic to a certain extent. I just didn't like the feel. Um, I kind of like this, this conference room, you know, it's a, it's a bigger table, you know, so it's that big conference table. I, sometimes I, I fill this whole thing with, with books and stuff when I study on, on Tuesdays because Tuesday for me is my big study day. Mondays is when I begin to read the verse that I'm going to preach on next week. So I want to kind of marinate in that text all week. Monday, I read it. Tuesday, I study it. And that's I'm looking at, um, you know, dictionaries, all that other stuff. Um, spending all that time. Wednesday, I try to work on a structure. Thursday, which is today, I'm going to write a manuscript. So I try to write my sermon. Uh, I call it sermon summaries. So it's my sermon in a written form, kind of blog style, just a little shorter. And then Friday, I finish it. Friday is when I I'll practice my sermon uh, out loud, uh, either for the first time or at least the second time. If I can do it on Wednesday, I will. Um, and I usually have been doing it now, uh, practicing my sermon in, with my wife. And so she'll sit down in the backyard, and I sit down with my notes, and I just, I just preach to her. And so that's been pretty cool because I highly, highly respect. If you, if you know Alicia, you know, you know she's a real one, and uh, I highly respect her opinion. I highly respect her, um, her view, and and her. And one of the things why I do that is because she also knows me, and so. So, she can kind of catch when I was like, you know what, Um, why would you say that, you know, or I feel like, yo, right there, you're trying a little too hard, and um, don't do that, you know, she knows me, and so she knows when I'm not being myself. And uh, so she kind of catches me on those moments. And plus, I, I want to know, it's like, yo, am I connecting? You know, if I can connect with my wife, I can connect with anyone, and so that's a big uh, takeaway as well. It's like just wanted to see, and and I love that individual thing because that uh, at the end of it, then my wife gets to hear my sermon twice, and which is great for her. And it's great for me because we get to, she gets to be preached to, and I'm preaching to myself every time I'm preaching to her and preaching to anyone. I'm preaching to me too. You know, I, I'm I'm in a seat right in front listening, and um, ah, by the way, that's another thing I like to do. Um, there's usually a seat. A front row seat available. Um, I've never designated one. Um, I think one day I will. I want to reserve one chair um, because I always imagine at empty chairs like, all right, are you listening to what? You, are you listening to yourself? Um, because I need to as well, right? It's, this is not just for. It's for all of us, and so I like that. But I'm a little. Uh, you see, I'm a little OCD too. I like to. I like to have sometimes things of an organized mess. And so you know, it's kind of like a little, little even, you know, kind of a nonsense. I'm, I'm weird. Um, I, everyone has their quirks, but, anyways, I, I like it here. It's way more open. Sometimes I use that TV right there, and kind of have multi screens and kind of have a little like Iron Man setup, kind of a compound in this section. I, don't know. I just like it. Uh, oh, another thing. Speaking of, this is a devotion that I picked up this year. It is called the Christian. In complete armor. So, I recommend it to a lot of the men in our church. I'm doing it personally myself. This is a devotional from the 1600s. And it's still one, one per day. And so, one per day. I thought it was cool to compliment my Bible reading. Which this year, I'm doing an odd... I'm trying to do something a little different. I'm reading the Bible uh throughout the year but using an app called Dwell. Uh, I actually won a free subscription. I'm trying it out. I kind of like it. So if you've never let, let me know if you are had experience with Dwell. And so but it's pretty cool. It's the audio version of the Bible is way better quality than the Bible app, but you know, this the Bible app where you version is free, the other one's not, but it's only a couple bucks. So I'm I'm testing it out. If I like it, I'll keep doing it. Um but this one's cool. Uh I the reason why I chose this one, I mean, John Newton and Charles Spurgeon uh, both were like, yeah, that's this devotion was one of their favorites. And I'm like, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. I like it. And so, yeah, checking it out. Uh, and here's another cool book I, I want to try to get on reading as well. Um, this is Christ-oriented expository preaching. Like, how to make sure that every sermon I'm preaching is exalting Christ. Because if you are not finding Christ in the text, you're not reading it right. I mean, Jesus himself said... It's all about me. And if uh, if you don't walk away with a walk greater understanding of who he is and a greater love for who he is, um, and you're not reading it right. And so that's kind of my heart is to preach in kind of way that, like I said earlier, that people walk away saying, wow, look at this guy. And then I want to preach in kind of way that also teaches people how to read, how to approach, what to look for, what not to look for. So I'm excited about that. So thank you for uh, this other episode. Next week... Uh, No, not next week. In two weeks, we're going to do something a little different. Um, I'm testing out uh, three weeks of uh, Behind the Sermon and then a bonus episode, a bonus, bonus episode, uh, which you will find out. I'll announce it next week. All right. So, anyways, God bless you guys. I got to get to work.